I think it all starts with the novelty of what it is. So, like, if you really looked at how ridiculous the sport is <laughs> at face value, <laughs> you have a bunch of just vagabonds, gypsies, like hodgepodge people coming from all walks of life that have grouped together and said, we are going to run this ridiculous amount of miles. Um, and we're not in it for the flashy medals. We're not in it for the fancy gear. We're just gonna trudge through it. We don't care how fast you are. We don't care how slow you are. As long as like you cross the finish, like that's that's what we want. And we're gonna support you. We're gonna help you do that. And I don't even know your name. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> You're listening to the Sasquad Trail Runners Podcast, where every run is a trail party. I'm your host, Kim Levinsky, and today's episode is the recording from our Facebook Live interview series on Wednesday, March 17th, 2021. We sat down with Samantha DeRozier to hear all about her trail and ultra running experiences while serving as an active duty soldier in the U.S. Army. So sit back and relax or grab your umbrella pack and hit the trails and enjoy the show. Today's episode is brought to you by our newest sponsor, the Umbrella Pack. Is the weatherman saying it's going to absolutely monsoon during your next run? Well, have we got the product for you. We present the Umbrella Pack. Simply open up the umbrella in your umbrella running pack and proceed with your run as usual. Let's listen in to trail runner Cameron Smith's beautiful rendition of his original hit single, Singing in the Rain with My Umbrella Pack. I'm running in the rain, just running in the rain. What a glorious feeling, I'm soaking wet again. I'm laughing at you, you're inside and saying boo-hoo, cause I just ate my burrito and I'm ready for more. Let the haters hate, grumpy runners know their fate, just give me more rain, I've a smile on my face. I walk down the trail with a happy exhale, just running, running in the rain. So hello everyone and welcome to the Sasquatch Trail Runners Facebook Live interview series for our fifth episode of 2021. My name is Kim Levinsky. I'm the owner and race director for Sasquatch Trail Runners in New Jersey. And tonight we're joined by trail runner and active duty soldier in the U.S. Army, Samantha DeRozier. And I think I, did I do it wrong? I said it wrong again, didn't I? I did. That's okay. <laughs> we're, we're owning it. <laughs> I practice, you guys don't know this, but I practiced four times and I still, I just killed it. Sorry, Sam. <laughs> Uh, so before we give Samantha her squatchy introduction, I'm going to share a few updates on what is happening in the wonderful world of Sasquad trail running. So first of all, thank you to everyone who came out to the Substitute Single Squatch event this past Sunday. We are so excited to share that we were able to make a $1,240 donation to our friends at the New York, New Jersey Trail Conference. So if you don't know, um, you've been around, you probably have heard us talking about the Trail Conference all the time. They're one of our nonprofit partners. So the Trail Conference maintains, protects, and preserves over 2,000 miles of trails throughout New York and New Jersey. So our next trail race is at the South Mountain Reservation in West Orange, New Jersey for a brand new event in our trail race series. It is called the Squatch Apple Trail Race. So this is on April 10th and there's an 11 mile, 20 mile, 33 mile and 50 mile options for this race. So we have three loops that are set up ranging from four to seven miles. So that means there's over 16 miles of unique trails that you will be on for this event. Registration is quick, filling up quickly. So hop on ultrasignup.com. We've already had one of the waves sell out for the 11 mile. We just opened another wave for that in the afternoon. Right now we're in the 50 person max for wave starts. That was the next bump up that we're going to here in New Jersey. So once they fill up, we're not gonna do a wait list. Um, those are the waves that are available. 
this weekend, starting on Friday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, is our virtual trail cleanup and plogging weekend. It's the first one for 2021. We started doing this back in the spring during the pandemic as a way to give back and have people get involved out on the trails, but still be safe and socially distant. So basically what it is, you just get out on your favorite trail, you pick up trash and you make a big impact. So you can get more information about that on our Facebook page. Personally, I'll be at the South Mountain Reservation on Friday. So I hope to see you all out there. We are doing these live interviews. It started out as every other week, but we're at a point now where it's just about every week this spring, which is really, really fun for me. I'm, I'm enjoying it and I hope that you guys are too. So I'm gonna give you the rundown of the folks that we have on the lineup coming for our interview series. So after Samantha tonight, we are interviewing ultra running legend, Trishel Churns. That's on March 31st. Trishel is one of Canada's most accomplished ultra marathoners. In 1985, he held every Canadian record from 300K to 1,000 miles and still holds a lot of these records today. He completed the self-transcendence 3,100-mile race, not once, not twice, but three times, with a personal best of 50 days, three hours, and that was in 1999. So that's going to be a really fun interview on March 31st. On April 7th, we just added this to our calendar, we are interviewing professional ultra runner Hillary Allen. So if you have not heard her name a few years ago, this is back in 2017, Hillary was doing a sky race in Norway and she fell 150 feet off of an exposed cliff during this race. So she fractured her back, breaking multiple ribs, both feet and both of her lower arms. 11 months later, after her injury, she placed second in the Broken Arrow vertical kilometer race in Lake Tahoe and then raced a 52K the next day. Um, a week later, she won a mountain race. Um, so she has an incredible story. Her book is coming out. That's why we put her on the schedule in April. That is right around her book release. So you're not gonna wanna miss that. April 11th is our interview with Joshua Howard, the executive director of the New York, New Jersey Trail Conference. And then on April 21st, which is a Wednesday, we'll sit down with Ian Golden. He's the founder of the Trails Collective and the race director for Red Newt Racing. He has become a really good friend to Sasquatch Trail Runners and has been so gracious with sharing about our events on the various Trails Collective platforms. And then April 28th, we're gonna sit down with Virginia Morin, who recently moved to Colorado from New Jersey. She's gonna be sharing with us about her new van life. She's traveling around the country in her van. And the last one we just added is on May 5th, we're interviewing Miriam Weiskin. Miriam, AKA the ZA Report, is an underground pizziola, baking up generous storms of pizza in New York City during the pandemic to help New Yorkers in need stay happy and full of pizza. She's also an ultra runner. I'm so excited to chat with her on May 5th. So to learn more about the rest of our events in 2021, you can check them out on our website, which is Sasquad Trail Running. Dot com. Okay, that wraps it up for the updates for Sasquad. So the reason you're all here is Samantha. <laughs> so I'm going to give her a little intro and then we're going to jump right into this. So I first met Samantha at one of our races a couple of years ago before she moved out to Missouri. She left us. Um, she is an active duty soldier in the U.S. Army. And she is an engineer instructor for advanced leader courses, which in civilian terms basically means that she's a professor in the army. So she recently started her ninth year of service and is on track to complete 20 years in the military. She's currently stationed at Fort Leonard Wood in Missouri with the first brigade engineers. So I am really excited to chat with Samantha about her experiences as an active duty soldier and how trail running and the trail running community has impacted her life. And we're going to talk about armadillos as well. So there's, <laughs> there's spoiler alert. <laughs> Samantha, thank you so much. Thank you for coming on our uh, Facebook Live. Of course. I'm excited to be here. <laughs> awesome. So what time is it by you? We've got a little time difference here. 
So it is 7 p.m. here, um, which is nice for everyone that's back home because we're on the same time zone, but you should be an hour ahead of me, I believe. That's right. We're, we're right at uh, 8.09 p.m. right now. Super so. late. I'd be in bed normally, just so you know, if it was 8, no, I am really? Oh my gosh. Yes. Yeah. Oh my. Oh, so we're keeping you up right now? Well, no, because we haven't passed the eight threshold, but I get okay. up at, <laughs> I get up at like 3.30 to get my runs in. So <laughs> 3.30 in the morning. Otherwise it wouldn't happen. I don't have enough hours in the day. If I didn't get up that early, I would not be a runner anymore. <laughs> Wait, you, okay. All right. You go to bed at eight, nine, 10, 11, 12, one, two, three, well, it's seven hours, but still three 30. Yeah. Every yes. day. Are you doing that? Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Every day. So now it's become routine. So even if I'm like not in the mood to run, my body just wakes me up at this point. It's terrible. Oh my <laughs> gosh. <laughs> yeah. That is, that is, um, makes me rethink my priorities right now. <laughs> well, you get to work from home though. So that's nice. You did life better than me. No, <laughs> that's all that means. no, no, no. <laughs> awesome. Okay. So that's a good segue into just, why don't you give us a little bit of background? I gave kind of the, the overview of who you are and what you do, but who is Samantha? What do we need to know about Samantha? Oh, okay. So um, I'm Samantha DeRozier. <laughs> Um, and I'm 27 years old. I am stationed in Missouri. I was originally born and raised in West Bend, Wisconsin, which is 40 minutes north of Milwaukee. Um, I lived there until I was 17-ish, and then um, that's about when I enlisted into the military and then um, kind of traveling and bouncing around between uh, orders, and then actually when I went to AGR, which is active, um, I've been stationed in California, Pennsylvania, Missouri, Um now that would put me where I currently am. And so I've been here in Missouri for about seven months, I want to say about. And uh, I've just been doing this instructing thing, uh, making the best of it, making friends with the armadillos and the 3.30 a.m. <laughs> runs. Uh, and I go to school as well. So um, I'm currently attending Post University, which is based out of Waterbury, Connecticut, uh, pursuing my bachelor's in forensics. So um, ultimately, the end goal is I will do my 20 years active federal service. Uh, I'll have my forensics degree to at least get my foot in the door in some state department and then ultimately double pension and live the cush life where yeah. I don't have to get up at 3.30 to get my runs in anymore. <laughs> I am still blown away by 3.30 a.m. wake up call. So I, I feel like that's not that weird for like, I listened to a couple of podcasts where some of these people who are getting two a days in, they're getting up at three 30, getting their first run in and then doing it again at five o'clock. I am not that dedicated. <laughs> <laughs> that is otherworldly to me, but I think to be in this, uh, I guess, I don't know if you'd call this a hobby, a lifestyle. I don't know right. what it means for you, but, um, that it takes commitment and it takes an alteration of your lifestyle for sure. Absolutely. So, totally. That's <laughs> awesome. We, way to start this off with a bang. I love that. Um, why don't you walk us through what does, is there a typical day for you? What does a typical day look like? Obviously we got the 3.30 AM wake up call, but what, what comes after that? So 3.30 wake up call. Um, I get up, I take, well, and I do my run come back, take care of the dog. I have a little, um, six-year-old Chihuahua moose who is my life. Um, he also is a runner. So, um, for those who don't know, Chihuahuas can run up to 12 miles. So oh, really a hundred percent. Yes. Um, when I was in Pennsylvania, I would take him to the AT and he would actually run the AT with me. Um, yeah, he's, 
he's incredible. But so I take care of the dog and then, um, I go to work. I'm usually to work between six and six 30. Um, and whether that is doing uh, course material prep, or I'm actually instructing, uh, I'm usually there until four 30, five 30 PM. I go home. Uh, I do the college thing. I'm also trying to get my, um, coaching certification for, uh, running distance running. So uh, I'm I'm balancing all of this and then shower, eat, go to bed by eight and wake up, do it all over again. And if there's a class on ground, um, I'm working, uh, usually like upwards to sometimes 28 days, uh, at a time. So thankfully I have coworkers were able to try and work out a schedule where at least we can get one or two days off in that 28 day cycle or 19 day cycle, whatever type of class it is, because they do have different duration requirements. Um, But we're able to work with each other and say like, okay, what day do you need to just do you? (laughs) Wow. Wow. Do you feel like, are you you a person who thrives on that kind of a schedule or do you get do you feel exhausted? I mean, I'm tired listening to that. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I do think I'm very much so a creature of habit. I find a lot of comfort in that. Um, cause when you know day in and day out, what you have to do, those unknown variables that sometimes just really throw you for a loop don't exist. So (laughs) Mm. if you just take that out all together and, um, so getting up at three 30, right. Is a pain in the ass, but at least, uh, I know that what I ultimately want to do and what makes me happy is going to get done because I've set aside the time for it. Right. So although it does sound tiring, eventually it just becomes habit and it's your lifestyle. Right. Right. Well, we've already got a question in the chat. Sean Kane wants to know how much, mi- how many miles do you usually do at three 30? Um, so that really depends on, uh, multiple things, but it, it goes anywhere between, I try to always do at least a minimum two to three and then upwards to probably seven or eight. If it's a three thirty. if I'm running after work, I kind of have a little bit more flexibility. Um, and I can do some double digit runs then. Okay. Gotcha. There you go, Sean. That's your answer for that. <laughs> um, so speaking of running, why don't you walk us through your running story? When did you start running? How'd you get into it? And where are you at now in terms of if you're training for anything or just fill fill us in on your run story? Sure. Um, So I, I don't want to say I've like always been a runner, but uh, in high school I did do cross country and track, but that was more of like a a social thing for me. I think it wasn't something that I really took seriously. Um, I don't come from a family of athletes or anything. So it was just something I kind of, I did for the social affair of it. Um, And then I kind of put running on the, on the back burner. When I first enlisted in the army, I was more so uh, concerned with becoming stronger. Um, So I was like really into weightlifting and everything like that. And then it wasn't until probably 2015 or 16, when I first got stationed in California, I started picking up running again. I wasn't racing though. Um, and I wasn't doing anything of crazy distance. Like at, it, at that point in time, 2015, 2016, uh, anything past five miles, I was like, oh my gosh, I am a hero. <laughs> 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 but then, uh, when I, when I left California and I first came to Pennsylvania, um, I had just gotten divorced, which not to like put a downer on this, but I got divorced and I started, I had all this free time. I didn't have like this obligation at home anymore. So I had a lot of free time to hike. So I started out just hiking again. And, um, it wasn't until I saw someone with a hydration vest on that, I was like, what is that? That looks so goofy. And they're running. I'm like, what a psychopath. They are running. And then it clicked to me. I'm like, you can run on these trails. I can do what I'm doing at a fast pace. And then I'm just, I've maximized what else I can do with my day. So I just started, uh, I just started running on, on the trails. And then 
the further I got, the further I invested in like, okay, now I do need a hydration vest and I do need right. something other than my Marshall's tennis shoes and everything <laughs> like that. And um, I set out for my first ultra in uh, Wellsboro. I believe it was Pennsylvania. It was the green monster 50 K. Yeah. Um, and that was like, after that, from that point on, I fell in love. Um, I fell in love with the community. I fell in love with the people. I, and honestly, um, a lot of people don't understand the why, like, why would you want to do that? Um, and it's just so cathartic. It's when you go out there, it's like your brain turns off and it becomes this mindless physically exerting affair that's it, it's so personal to me um so I just fell in love with it from there but in terms of the future I really want to do I, I want to and I know you're not supposed to like speak these words out loud but I want to attempt the fastest known time for the Katy Trail here in Missouri which awesome. is a yeah it's 237 miles um so I have to really start maybe pushing up my 3.30 wake up times to <laughs> three to get in some additional miles because I'm not in very good running shape right now, but I'm hoping before I leave here, I'll probably be here for another two to three years. Um, I really want to go for it because no female has attempted it yet from what I saw. Wow. That so, is really exciting. Yeah. Hopefully, hopefully it works out. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. I want to, um, let's backtrack one second to your first ultra where you said you, you went there and you fell in love with the trail running community. What was it, if you could articulate it, what was it about that experience that made you just love it and, you know, fall head over heels for it? So I think it all starts with the novelty of what it is. So like, if you really looked at how ridiculous the sport is <laughs> at face value, <laughs> you have a bunch of just vagabonds, gypsies, like hodgepodge people coming from all walks of life that have grouped together and said, we are going to run this ridiculous amount of miles. Um, and we're not in it for the flashy metals. We're not in it for the fancy gear. We're just going to trudge through it. We don't care how fast you are. We don't care how slow you are. As long as like you cross the finish, like that's, that's what we want. And we're going to support you. We're going to help you do that. And I don't even know your name. <laughs> I love that so much. <laughs> yeah. It, so it was just, it was so incredible. And you just get to share time and miles with people that you probably would never even um, exchange pleasantries to like at the grocery store. And now here you are just sharing this grueling experience with them. It's, I don't know, there's nothing like it that I've ever experienced before. Um, but yeah, it, so it was, it was really that the people more than anything. And obviously I, I think everyone who participates in this has to enjoy some aspect of just being out in nature right because otherwise we'd be road runners <laughs> right <laughs> so. yeah that's that's true it is such a unique sport in that you can find yourself running with the complete stranger for hours and hours and hours and probably learn more about that person in a day than you would in like years of a friendship if you really think about it that's that's always so striking to me about you know trail and ultra yeah, no, absolutely. And it's like those people too, it's, you end up kind of carrying with them for, you know, however long I've, I have tons of Facebook friends from all these one-time affair events. And it's like, you know, we'll probably cross paths again, at like another event. And I think that's, that's so incredible. It's just like the military, I'll maybe go to some station or some school or whatever, and spend a couple of weeks with you. We'll we'll go our separate ways, but we're going to reconnect at some point. I think that that's awesome. Right. Right. Totally. Um, okay. We're going to circle back around to trail running, but I would love for you to share your military story when you enlisted, why you enlisted and how you found yourself in the army nine years later. <laughs> sure. Um, so I was uh, not the best high school kid. 
Um, I did not have good grades. I did not have good attendance. Um, and so at 17 years old, when all my friends were applying for college and everything like that, I said, I, I looked at myself and I said, I have no idea what I want to do with my life, but I know I need to buy myself time and whatever that looks like, it has to benefit me in the long run. So what I thought I was just going to go in and have a conversation about possibly joining the army. Um, I actually ended up enlisting with uh, the blessings of my mom at 17. Your parents can sign off on you enlisting. Um, so at 17, my mom decided to do that for me. Uh, and I came into the army actually as a human resources specialist, which is just um, a paper pusher is essentially what that is. So I did that for probably three years, the first three years of my career. Uh, and I decided that I hated it. I hated being behind a desk. I didn't like the climate or anything about it, really. I said I joined the Army, uh, maybe not under the, the best reasons at first, but I'm already here now and I want to do soldier things. So mm. I reclassed to become an engineer. Um, probably around my fourth year about, and I was a carpentry masonry specialist. And I did that for, uh, until 2017. Then when you get promoted to E6, I might be speaking a different language. So if I am, I apologize. Um, but in the <laughs> army, when you promote to E6, uh, you convert to a construction management supervisor. So that's currently, uh, what I feel now, uh, but between all the different units that I've been in, I've been in combat engineer units. I've been in vertical engineering units, which is construction. And now I'm in this instructor position, which is really, really unique. And I'm really happy to be here because um, I get the opportunity to shape young NCOs careers and develop them not only as a leader, but also refine their uh, job set skills and proficiencies. And it's just, again, great. Every 28 days or 19 days, I'm getting a new batch of little, I call them baby birds. <laughs> I get, I get this new batch of baby birds and um, you just get to start the learning processes all over and meet these new people. And I think, you learn so much just from listening to others. It's great to talk and it's great to read and it's great to do all that, but just, you know, taking the time to actually shut your own mouth and listen to others, which is funny that I said that and I'm doing all this talking. <laughs> <laughs> it's great. Um, you just learn so much from just hearing others talk and interact amongst one another. So it really is a great opportunity. Um, and I'm hoping that I'm able to carry myself out for the next until I get that 20 years. Uh, and I'm excited to see where that takes me. That's awesome. So do you, I, I imagine you do, do you have moments in your job where you're, you're with these baby birds and you can, <laughs> can you can see yourself? Cause that was you, right? A few years prior or. Yeah. So it's, it's a little goofy because, um, so the, I call them my baby birds, but most of the time they're honestly older than me. So I really, dealing, oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. So I'm dealing with, um, so I'm 27 and most of the time the, the pool, the age pool that I deal with is anywhere between like 25 and 45, sometimes higher. So they so, could be double your age is what you're saying. Yes. So almost, but yeah. Yeah. It, so there are, there are some times that I, I see myself in, in these baby birds, but um, most of the time these could, if we were in the civilian sector, these could be my mama birds and, and father <laughs> birds, <laughs> but that's, that's fine because they get all they're able to show me things that I haven't experienced and I'm able to show them things on the military side that they haven't experienced because right. they'll have all that life wisdom that I just don't have. I'm here to mm -hmm. give you what 
you know, doctrine and, and uh, actual regulation says. So we're able to kind of do an interchange of, of knowledge in that respect. Yeah, that's a really cool dynamic. Yeah, like. yeah, definitely. I love it. That's awesome. Um, I will share in the chat, I'm assuming this is an army buddy, Eric Gayton. Okay, yep. Okay, he's pretty chatty. He's saying, Sam, wop, wop, engineers lead the way. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Eric. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Um, okay, so let's let's kind of combine the two things now. So how? I'm well. First, I have a, I have a question before that. Did you find that like what was it like when you first joined? You went through boot camp and the PT and all that because that was I think with the timeline you shared, it was kind of prior to your formal running journey right? Yeah. So, um, in terms of you're asking like, what was the physical demands kind of? Yeah. Like if you, if you could look back on it now, how does like when you first joined the army, you were going through PT and boot camp. how does that compare to, to what you're doing now? Like, do you, can you look back on it and say like, oh man, that was really hard compared to, uh, ultra running or are they just two totally different things? They are, they're totally different animals. And when I first came in, I was, I was just not in, I was the skinny fat, no upper body strength, like just very stereotypical, like weak body. So it was was all encompassing. So for people who don't know, um, for basic training, you were assessed until recently, um, based off of how many push-ups you could do in two minutes, how many sit-ups you could do in two minutes and how fast you could run a two mile in. Um, and most of the time that is all we prepared ourselves for was just being able to do those three events. So running anything outside of that two miles was not something anyone was interested in to include myself. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, coming from no conditioning, jumping into that is difficult. Um, the same way it's difficult jumping into trail running because it's just something you've never exposed your body to. It's a completely different conditioning base than what you're used to. If you even have a conditioning base. Um, so I would say definitely, honestly, the, the most challenging thing about being a long distance runner, trail runner, whatever you want to call it, um, and being active duty, uh, military is finding that balance between your strength training and your, distance running because we don't have the liberty to just say, I, I don't care that I can't deadlift X amount of pounds because my civilian job doesn't depend on me being able to do that. Whereas right. I have to be respectful and considerate of that because if I can't pass that, I'm in deep trouble, you know? Right. Right. So that's been the most difficult thing, honestly, for me. Okay. So what, what are those, um, are there, like annual tests that you have to go through at, um, now, like annually, or is, or there, is there daily PT that you have to do, or is it changed with your job? So it's changed in my job and it's changed, uh, as the army has developed and progressed in my, in my career. So when I reference the two minutes of pushups, the two minutes of sit-ups and the two mile run, um, that was the old physical fitness assessment test, which was for active duty people every six months. And then reservists, they had to do it once a year. Um, now moving forward, we have a different, uh, physical assessment, which is going to be called the ACFT, which is the army combat fitness test. And that's going to have six events to include everything from a deadlift to a standing power throw, um, a sprint drag carry where there's 40 pound kettlebells and then ninety wow. pound sled. Yeah. So, uh, and then it all ends of course with a two mile run because why wouldn't you? <laughs> <laughs> um, so 
that is going to become, it's going to essentially just take the place of the APFT, which is the, that two, two, two. Um, so for active duty people, that will be every six months, you will take it. And then for the reservists every year, they'll have to take it and you'll have to pass it. Um, but we're in these weird COVID times. So right now everything's kind of at a pause and a standstill, but it's still expected for us to prep and prime ourselves accordingly. So when it does actually become integrated and goes into effect that we're able to take it and pass it. Have you tried it yet? Yes, I have um, multiple times. So How's that gone? Um, so it's, I think it's a little less... And I, there's so many opinions on this, but I think it's a little bit less intimidating um, because two minutes of push-ups, two minutes of sit-ups, and a two-mile run—it's like so fast. But this is like you just kind of go to the next event. Everyone does their event, and then you go, and it's like it's a little bit slower pace, gets you a little less anxious, in my opinion. But okay. um, meeting the minimum requirements is not difficult. Uh, it is gender neutral and age neutral though. So they don't care if you're a 50 year old female, you still have the same physical minimum requirements as the the 18 year old male, for example. Mm. So that's, um, obviously a very contemporary and new, uh, standard that we're starting to recognize within the military. Um, so some will say that that's the most difficult part. <laughs> right, right. I could, I could see that. I mean, the older you get in your career, that that might be a challenge. You know, I guess just depending on what the minimum standards are. Well, yeah, and I, I think of um, like they don't make you retire until like about 60, 61, I think it is. Um, and so I think of like my parents, right? We're going to say my yeah. parents have the same physical demands as an 18 year old kid. Yeah, that's, that's wild. <laughs> that is crazy to me. Um, but I mean, if that's the way we have to move into, this is a hundred percent volunteer force. So no one made us join. If, right. if you said that you wanted to be here, then you better be ready to meet those minimum requirements. So it's, it is crazy, but if that's the direction we have to head in, that's the direction. Right. Right. So what, what do your, uh, coworkers, fellow soldiers think about your ultra running? Do they know, um, or have you, do you share that with them or? I, so, right. I think I try not to be that person. I try not to be yeah. that because, <laughs> right. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want all or you, you know, you know, someone's vegan or, you know, that they're a CrossFitter yeah. because they, that's the first thing they tell you. <laughs> I don't want to be that person for all. That's running. good self-awareness. You know, <laughs> I have to have some level of control, but, um, yeah, I think the longer I'm here, the more people, uh, know and understand what it is. Uh, as far as I know, everyone, you know, everyone always says like, oh my gosh, I wouldn't drive my car that far right. or whatever, or like, <laughs> Yeah, don't count me in for that run, but they're all really supportive. I'm really lucky to also work with um, like a really motivated and physically inclined group uh, and pool of people that are open to honestly anything that's going to make you happy and make you better uh, in terms of physically fit. Okay. I'm going to read a couple comments that are coming in on the chat after that statement you just made. So Mike, <laughs> Mike O'Hala says they think she's crazy. <laughs> he's one of my coworkers. I was going to say, is he a coworker? <laughs> and then Eric said, uh, she's humble like that until the two mile run comes out, uh, comes about. So. <laughs> Cause sometimes Sometimes these younger guys, um, they think that they're shit hot. And sometimes you just got to line up with them and show Good. them. <laughs> That's right. So you, you show them how it's done. <laughs> sometimes you have to, you got to humble some people. <laughs> <laughs> just dish them out the humble pie. I love that. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, so earlier today when we were on the phone chatting, I, I really enjoyed talking with you about how trail running has helped as you, as you transition to all these different places. I mean, you've lived in, in a lot of different, you know, pockets of the country. So I'd love for you to share with people who are listening, um, 
I guess just speak to the impact that trail running has had as you've, you know, you've been in the army, as you've moved different, um, different places around the country. Yeah. So, um, with, as I, as I've grown and everything, and I've moved to all these places, um, I jokingly call myself a gypsy, but sometimes I truly feel that way. Um, and it's really hard to not only in your, in your twenties, find out who you are, but also find out who your group is and is your group, uh, impacting your life in a positive way. And although the army has served, uh, and satisfied some of that family dynamic that I kind of am missing, uh, being that I'm always so far away from home, I still never really had a community that filled all those other scopes. Like, are these people making me better? Do these people respect me? Are they providing a, a competitive, healthy outlet for me? So, um, which e with each move that I do, uh, the, the first thing that I do is try and identify what that tribe was. And when I first started getting into running and I started seeing what that pool of people looked like in that demographic of person, I'm like, these are my people. These are going to be my people. Um, and it started actually fulfilling that, that gap that I had. Um, I know sometimes for people in the military, uh, whether you're moving or you're transitioning out or anything like that, we have, a. and again, this is my experience. Uh, so maybe not everyone in the military feels this way, but uh, for a while, it was very much so easier for me to just isolate myself and just say like, I, you know, I, I don't belong and I just have to be okay with that. Mm. And when I actually started getting into the community and going to events, races, volunteering, everything like that, I'm like, okay, I just really shorted myself because there, there is this group of people that do want to accept me that do want to impact my life, uh, just like I can theirs, why aren't I taking advantage of that? Um, and I think that it's important that we advertise that as a community, that this is available to anyone and everyone, because you don't want people to get in their own, um, headspace and say, well, these people aren't military or these people aren't, uh, X, Y, or Z. So I, I cannot, um, I cannot affiliate with them or they will not understand me or, you know, whatever. You can't be afraid of that. You can't put yourself in a box. You can't discredit yourself. Um, so, so ultimately it, it really just provided me and, and satisfied all these, this lapse and no family, no friends and, and bridged that gap for me. Mm, so, so how do you, when you move to a new, like walk us through when you moved to Missouri how did you start getting plugged into that trail running community? So it first started with, I, the first thing I usually do is I Facebook stock groups. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. I think that's how I found Sasquatch. I was going to ask how you found us. I, I was curious to know that story. Yeah. So people that maybe aren't uh, super trail and ultra, uh, niche in in the groups or anything right there's the facebook uh trail and ultra runners and then there's the trail and ultra runner ladies only <laughs> which is far superior to the trail and i i left that other group but isn't that the honest to god <laughs> truth like it really is. it's insane <laughs> But so um, normally I go on there and I say whether I'm going to be somewhere for an extended period of time for training or if I'm actually PCSing, hey, this is who I am. This is what I do or I'm interested in. Does anyone either A, do that themselves or is there a group in the area that anyone knows of that um, meets these needs that I, I have or that I'm mm -hmm. looking for? Um, and then I think that's how I found you guys. Awesome. <laughs> um, and then, so I did the same thing when I came here. Uh, everyone obviously has tons of good things to say about the slugs, the St. Louis ultra group, something. I probably got that wrong. Ugh, okay. But, um, so there's a big running group in St. Louis. And then there's also the Sunday morning ultra run something. So I joined those two groups. Um, 
And there's also, because I'm on the active duty installation, there's the RWB group. I don't know if you've heard of this. Yeah. Team red, white, and blue, right? Yes. Um, so there, I joined their group as well. Um, and I, they've been, they've been my plug for everything for the most part, uh, with COVID there hasn't really been any races or really big events. Um, I don't know if the East coast is starting to open up, but, uh, it sounds like a lot of people here are still struggling to get some permits. So yeah, it's, it's a mix, it's a mixed bag over here in Jersey. We're, we're limited by the governor's outdoor limits. So that's kind of what you know, parks are, it differentiates if they're giving out the permits or not, but. Okay. Yeah. It struggle doesn't is, seem like. Struggle is real. You, well, I, I keep seeing you popping up more and more events. Yes. So we, like, we, we have been, we got our race in last weekend, uh, had to do waves of 25 people. So it's just a matter of kind of pivoting and being creative with it, you know, presenting to the parks, like, Hey, let us do waves of 25 every half an hour rather than because when we first started when that first 25 ordinance came out they wanted you to do 25 people all of those 25 people had to leave and then the next 25 could come but then working through it with them explaining like trail running is a socially distant activity <laughs> to begin with you know let yeah. us do a wave at nine and then 9 30 and on a five six mile loop i mean they're they're going to be so spread out so Thankfully, you know, we've been able to work with the parks in that way, but. Oh my gosh. So I've just been doing like some of these group events. Most of it's on my own. The real moneymaker is going to be when uh, COVID is hopefully at least a little settled down and I can actually start going to events and, and actually introducing myself to groups and people that way, I think is going to be the, the best. That's going to seal the deal right there. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. So have you connected with any runners through those Facebook groups, like meeting up for a run or is it all right now kind of virtual where you're, you know, just conversing with them online? No. So, um, I have done a couple of not group cause it's always been like one other woman, um, that I've linked up with on the RWB. Um, uh-huh. and a lot of that has to do with like, who's, who has the availability for my schedule, right? Right. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to come at 3.30? <laughs> yeah. So um, it's always it's always been only me and one other lady. Um, and then actually, I do think that lady tour, I met up with one lady through there as well. So it's only been lady tour and the RWB that I've met through. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's still... I mean, that's better than nothing, honestly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> absolutely. I was just going to say, I, I think the ladies tour group is one of the most supportive, uplist, uplifting groups on social media, like hands down. When I, so when I first posted, because ultimately what I wanted to do was, um, I think that there is a big uh, need for more military participation and a sense of being inclusive uh, Mm. in terms of when we go TDY and everything like that to find a group of people that are runners or trail runners, whatever, and almost use it like a, um, is it meetup? Is that like the Mm -hmm. group app? So I want, I really wanted to do something like that. That was really exclusive to military or vets or whatever. Um, And I, I wanted it to uh, be like also a a safe place and everything like that. Mm -hmm. And I posted that idea on lady tour and there were so many people that are like, yes, do this 100%. And I was like, yes, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. But then everyone's like, well, that's basically RWB. And I'm like, Oh, okay. (laughs) never mind. (laughs) I guess I won't do that. So, um, but yeah, they're so encouraging on there. You could ask anything and everything. And the, and it's just like within seconds, you have either your answer or like a group or whatever. It's great. Right. I love it. Yeah. I, I just appreciate that you don't, you don't get like snarky remarks back when you ask a question, you know what I mean? Yeah. Because everyone on there is a professor has a doctorate in yeah. just <laughs> whatever. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, it's awful. <laughs> mm. Well, if you are listening and watching on Facebook Live, feel free to drop some questions in for Samantha. We're coming down to the end. So I, I'm keeping an eye on it if you want to drop a specific question for her. I think that, let me scroll up because I think Bailey Lewis had a question for you that I can pop in here. Uh, she wanted to know, is, is there a next race? Are you signed up for anything? Um, not as of yet. I have been looking at, it's that new, and I know there's so much controversy, so just look, but, um, the <laughs> new run bum race in, uh, is it Georgia shadows of the South? 15? Okay. Uh-huh. I'm look, I'm, I've been eyeing up that one, but otherwise I don't have anything with my work schedule. I really yeah. have to plan something out. So, um, until COVID lifts up and things are solidified and for sure going to happen. And I can actually set aside the time at work. I'm, I'm a little hesitant to sign up for anything, but if you ever open up something like a 50 or 100, I am in. Hey, April, April 10th, April 10th. We've got the 50 miler. That's a little, (gasps) might be a little too short notice for you, but it's coming in hot. (laughs) I could, I would not do it fast, but I could maybe. We could let you, we could let you start at three 30 if you needed to. (laughs) (laughs) Are you full? What's your max cap? No, no, we've got plenty, plenty of room. We're, we're doing waves of 50 people. Registration just opened up. So I think we've got like maybe 20 or 25 signed up for the 50 so far. Oh my gosh. That like gives me butterflies. I'm like, (laughs) Oh, race. We'll have pancakes and pierogies. (laughs) I'm in. Oh, so you don't have to do the individually wrapped stuff. We, we usually do that for our shorter events where people are just coming and going, but for the long, the longer races, like we need to have, you know, they need food for those. Yeah. Keep those runners happy. So we'll, you know, we'll do it where our volunteers are wearing the gloves, mask, they'll put it on a individual plate and then the runners can take it. Like there won't be a, you know, community plate of pancake stack where you're reaching in and grabbing the pancakes. What? <laughs> Oh. I know, I know. Those those days are long gone for trail running. <laughs> it's so sad. <laughs> um, okay, a couple more questions here. We actually got two from Sean Kane. The first one is, what are your favorite shoes? Uh, my favorite shoes, so I bounce around a lot. I love the Solomon Alpha Crosses. So those are the ones that don't have the quick lace design. Um, those really hurt my feet. I don't know about anyone else. Mm. Uh, and then I also love the Nike Pegasus. I think they're the twos or something. They're the Gore-Tex ones. Nice. So those are the ones that have really gotten me through the winter. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> yeah, Gore-Tex is sweet. Um, Sean's next question is, can you get the army to sponsor you assuming as, as a runner? Is that a thing? Um, no, I don't, I don't think it is. Um, I have had like a couple of brands like approach me on Instagram and stuff. But, um, when I posed the question to Jag, they, you can do it as your own person, but anytime you start affiliating, like fuel military because people start taking that and saying like oh the military's fueled by whatever or right. you know so it, it's way too it, it's a lot deeper than just can them it's yeah no I don't think it's possible gotcha gotcha now I remember this from the old tv show jag but you got to tell people what what is jag because they might not know oh okay what JAG actually stands for, I am not that smart, um, but it's basically just the Army's legal representatives and specialists. There you go. There's the, the military uh, verbiage here. Um, next question. Oh, well, I wanted to ask you this. I'm glad Bailey put it in the chat. What is Thunder Chicken? That's your name down there. What's oh my the gosh. backstory on that? <laughs> does it show up? It does. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so, um, Thunder Chicken started as, uh, so in the military, you have, um, each person has their own call sign. So, like, on the radio. So, if you were 
I'd say, hey, you, this is me. And when I would say me, I would say that this is Thunder Chicken. So my call sign um, was always Thunder Chicken. So (laughs) (laughs) where does that come from? Did you name that? Did you name yourself Thunder Chicken? No, it was, um, we were at a training exercise and it was like a last minute thing. We were about to do like a a convoy operation and everyone was like last minute because we just failed to prepare. What's your call sign? What's your call sign? What's your call sign? And I remember the person in front of me goes, cherry pop tart. And someone points to me and they go, what's your call sign? And I'm like, thunder chicken. So I guess I did kind of name myself Thunder Chicken, but then it just always stuck with me. (laughs) That is amazing. It's almost like uh, trail names on the Appalachian Trail. (laughs) Right. Yeah, but you're not supposed to name yourself and I'm just breaking the rules. That's true. That's true. (laughs) So would you, if you were ever through hiking the AT, would you introduce yourself as Thunder Chicken? (laughs) No, I would really hope someone would give me a much uh, cooler name because thunder chicken there's no honor or prestige behind I think that's probably one of the best stories that's been told on our Facebook live series <laughs> just casually naming myself and it, it totally is it says thunder chicken right next oh, to your face down here that's so embarrassing so we did a um we did a, it was like a fundraising event called Run Ranger Run. And um, it was a non-for-profit organization that would hold a yearly run event. So you and your team had the month of February to rack up as many miles as you could. And uh, I don't know if it was last year or the year before, we did our, our own group and we're like, what should we name the group? And so I named the group, obviously, Thunder Chicken Heroes. <laughs> that is amazing (laughs) it just I can't let it go apparently (laughs) that is so great you know I I like to um send our guests a little something from the squat shop and I think I'm gonna have to personalize something with thunder chicken (laughs) I will die of happiness (laughs) it's happening (laughs) oh my gosh oh it's so great uh let me let me check here in the chat if there's any other questions uh, oh, Sally, it's my friend Sally, who is also military. She said JAG equals Judge Advocate General Corps. So oh, there you go. Thunder look Jake. at her coming in clutch. <laughs> um, Sally, do you have a call sign? And is it <laughs> as good as Thunder Chicken? I'd like to know if you can pop that in the chat there. <laughs> the, the masses need to know. <laughs> we need to know. <laughs> Oh my goodness. I don't think there's any other questions here. Let's see. Let me just scroll up, make sure we don't have anything else. Um, no, let's see. Elena Costa is just calling Sally a nerd. So (laughs) (laughs) I hope that's not her call sign name, but, um, (laughs) oh my gosh, this thunder chicken is taking off. So Don, Don uh, Farinella says, Thunder Chicken is a great name for a race. We might have to slip it in there, the, the Squatchy Thunder Chicken <laughs> <laughs> trail party. You'll, do, you'll have to do like the Thunder Chicken 50 or something. And I think I'm, we're going to. I'm in it. I'm all up in it. <laughs> you could be the, the mascot. We'll make it out of a logo. Um, <laughs> Okay, we do have another question from Sean. Wants to know, do you have a favorite race that you have done? Hmm. So, I don't think so. So, I will say this this was the, it, and it wasn't an official race, but I did a, um, I did a 50 on the Ice Age Trail in Wisconsin. Oh my goodness, wow. Yeah. And it was, um, me and one other friend, uh, I was home on leave and we like last minute decided we're like, let's do a 50 K on the ice age trail. And this is the thick of COVID time. So there was no trail maintenance or anything happening. So we're literally bushwhacking. And if anyone's ever done the ice age trail, it is like very, very, uh, 
ungroomed as it is. So imagine no trail maintenance on top of that. It was the best of times. It was the worst of times. Um, <laughs> that sounds yeah. like a memorable day. <laughs> yeah. So it was like one of those things where you just find so much humor in misery that it probably was, has been the funnest ultra distance thing I've done. <laughs> That's amazing. That's um, type two fun, they say, right? Yeah. Right. <laughs> I do want to circle back if we can real quick to, because you mentioned earlier about wanting to do um, that big FKT in mm-hmm. Missouri. When Do you have kind of a timetable on that, on when you want to do it? Do you want to do it supported, self-supported, uh, unsupported? So um, I did what you're supposed to do when you are thinking of going for an FKT. And I contacted the guy who currently holds it, which is Eric Strand. Um, and I said, Hey, like, what did you do? What, what was it like in the season that you went in supported on support? I asked him all that stuff. Um, and based off of what he's said and what I think is doable for me, um, I really want to do this next coming fall and I want to do it supported because, uh, I have some family that is willing to actually help me in that. So yeah, I want to be able to take advantage of their generosity and then also the cooler weather because Missouri is a whole different kind of hot, like, Mm -hmm. oh my gosh, when I first came here, I'm like, it was awful. I could not acclimate. Yeah. Like how, how hot, how hot are we talking? So I think like I came here in August and I want to say the coolest day for the first two weeks I was here was like upper eighties. This is the coolest and a humidity point of like over 60%, which was obviously very different from Pennsylvania. (laughs) Right. Right. (laughs) So if I can get, cause I think it's going to take me quite some time to do this realistically. Um, I want to be able to take advantage of a cooler late summer or early fall if I can. Wow. That's so exciting. I know. Hopefully it works out. We'll have to see with work and everything, but. So you would have to assume request the time off. Is that easy to do? Um, yeah, because so it's at first when I first got here probably wasn't the easiest thing to do because we were a little bit understaffed but now um we have we have a really good team and I think that I would be able to appropriate the time off if if I so chose okay I got you that's really exciting you got to keep me posted on that oh oh my gosh the thunder chicken will be checking in We have a lot more comments about the Thunder Chicken in the chat. Oh, no. <laughs> We're going to read you a couple of them. Um, Sean said, instead of turtle in the hair, call it squatch in the Thunder Chicken. Yes. <laughs> That's pretty good, Sean. I, I like that. <laughs> that is good. Um, so, okay, so we're going to have to connect you. We'll co- I'll connect you offline with Sally. She said that she has TDY at Fort Leonard Wood in July and August. So that would be Stop. awesome if you guys could connect. Yes. Yes. Sally, you, you inbox me. We are going to be friends. Awesome. <laughs> Sally, Sally's the best. She, uh, she was just at our race on Sunday volunteering. Um, and Elaine just said in all caps, thunder chicken. So I think you've broke the internet with your call sign. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, well, this has been phenomenal. Thank you so much, Samantha, for coming on. I'm so glad that you agreed to come on when I invited you um, a couple of months ago to join us. Of course. Thank you. It was so much fun. And like, I love, I just want to say, I love what you're doing. I, and even though you might not recognize it, you really helped shape me as like a member of the community and I can't thank you and Sasquatch enough. I'm really, really, really impressed with you and your, your group and your tribe that you've made. Thank you. Thank you. Thunder chicken. (laughs) (laughs) I don't think I'm going to call you Samantha anymore. (laughs) 
as soon as I'm going to change my Facebook name, it's going to be Samantha parenthesis Thunder Chicken Derosier. Thunder Chicken. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, if you are listening to this either on Facebook Live or on our podcast, you can learn more about Sasquatch Trail Running by going to our website, sasquatchtrailrunning.com. We're super, super active on social media. We're on Facebook. We're also on Instagram. And I also want to say from the very beginning, when we started in 2018, we offer discounts to active duty military and veterans, 20% off all of our events. All you have to do is drop us an email, just say, Hey, I'm in the service or I served and we'll give you the code to um, get a discount. Super important for us to give back and to help make trail running more easily accessible for you in the service. Um, you know what, Thunder Chicken, I want to ask you one more question. Um, <laughs> how can um, active duty personnel get involved in trail running? What, what advice would you give them? I know you touched on this a little bit before, but just to put it in a little, you know, a little box here, how can they get involved if they're, you know, wanting to either try trail running or find a community like you have? I think the first and foremost, you have to first get involved in the community. Once you get involved in the community, you'll be able to link up with the appropriate people who need to, who will meet the needs that you want. So um, if, if you can't identify with the general populace, you'll never be able to find that that micro populace, you know, so you have to get yourself out there and actually heaven forbid, conversate with everybody (laughs) to get to what you actually want. And then also, honestly, the most powerful tool I think we have is something we hold in our hands and that's social media. So Mm -hmm. just putting yourself out there and saying, this is who I am and this is what I'm looking for can really propel you forward. Fantastic. Well, there you have it. Straight from the mouth of Thunder Chicken. Ways to get involved. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to have too much fun with that. Uh, But thank you again for joining us, everyone. We will upload this podcast, um, this recording to our podcast in the next couple of weeks. It'll be available wherever podcasts are streaming, Apple, Google Play, and Spotify. So, my friends, until we see you again, keep it squat.